gentlemen and the gentlewoman. This is our inaugural episode, the spooky episode of the Odds Get Even podcast. I am your host, J-Roy Hammers, joined by my co-host, Adam and RG. How are you guys? I'm doing fantastic. You know, it's a nice Saturday afternoon. Doing a betting podcast with my friends. I can't complain. I'm excited to, you know, get, the, get this going. Yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing great. Um, we got a nice little college slate here today, a great NFL slate tomorrow. It's a, it's a nice fall day. The trees look good. I got my pumpkin spice latte. I'm ready to roll today. Yeah, it is Halloween. What are the plans tonight, boys? You know, we're going to send it out. We're going to, you know, drink, drink some casuals with the friends, you know, have a great Halloween party, get my chicken outfit out, and we'll be good to go. I don't know. I don't know how you guys are going out tonight. The Battle of Alberta's on. Like, I, I don't think I can party and talk to women in Calgary playing Edmonton tonight. Like, what are you guys' thoughts on that game? Like, Edmonton, you got McDavid, Drysdale, they're playing in Calgary tonight. Like, I know we're heading right into it, but I'm just so excited to see what happens here. Uh, what, what do you think, Josh? Well, uh, like, McDavid's already got two Hatties on the year, right? Yeah. So, uh, do you got any props on him going tonight? Uh, no props, really, for the game itself. Uh, since every Battle of Alberta is just such a good game, you can't really predict what happens. But I do have an extreme value pick tonight for the Battle of Alberta. I already hammered it in. It is the Edmonton Oilers at an underdog in the barn, in the Calgary barn, actually. Excuse me. I'm just so excited for this game. I actually didn't sleep last night because I was that excited for the game. What do you think, Adam? No, I'm afraid of you. I'm a big Calgary guy. I think, you know, the Battle of Alberta, I think you got to give the advantage of the person at home. Like, the barn's going to be rocking. I think an X factor is Calgary in that series. Calgary's an absolute pest to play against. The physical series can get under the skin of the star players of Edmonton. I would bet I would go Calgary, but I like the value as an underdog, but I think I just got to take whoever's home at the Battle of Alberta. So uh, we got a great hockey slate tonight, but also a big day of college football. You got Tennessee coming off that super emotional win um, a couple weeks ago against Alabama. Absolutely hammered down on UT Martin last week, but they got a little uh, a little tough one tonight against tennis against uh, Kentucky. I think they're favored by seven points. You think this is a letdown spot, or you think the the Vols are going to roll? I just uh, honestly, you gotta just judge on how much emotion lasts. Usually, you can be hyped up for a week or two, but what do you think they're still hyped over that win? I think the fans are definitely hyped up about this one still. I mean, uh, they're back in Neyland tonight, back in uh, in Knoxville for this one tonight. I don't know. I think uh, I think I'm gonna take Kentucky with the points plus seven for this one. Yeah, I don't know. I think the main thing I'm concerned about the game is. How's the new goalpost looking? The goalpost is floating <laughs> in the river of Tennessee right now. I, I'm more concerned if uh, you know where that is out, but I do like Kentucky. I like Will Levis. I think he's going to be a first-round pick in the NFL draft, but I, I like the Vols. Uh, I love when Tennessee's good at football. They're back. Uh, Hayden Hooker's an absolute beast right now. He's playing the best football in college right now. Uh, maybe my pick to win the Heisman, but I do like the points. So I think Tennessee's going to roll. They're going to keep the momentum going. We got a big game against Georgia coming next week, so I think they got to keep it going. Now, does the weather affect your pick? It is 22 degrees Celsius today in Tennessee. So oh, so it's a cold one tonight cold in Knoxville. Tonight. Yeah, well, it's actually Celsius, so I'd say it's like oh, it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that now. Maybe if you're abroad, like a sweater and like leggings type of weather. But... <laughs> What do you guys, does that change your pick? I don't think so at all. I think, you know, the nice weather, the f- even more fans are coming out. It's a nice night in Tennessee. The barn's going to be rocking in Tennessee. I think Tennessee's going to roll. Hayden Hooker's going to be a stud. I do like orange. It is a good color. 
they got some sweet, sweet uniforms tonight. They got the uh, the black and uh, orange tonight. I think it's going to look sweet. I'm still riding with uh, Will Levis and, and Kentucky tonight, though. I mean, orange on the Halloween weekend. I think that's that's a sign. I think it's a sign to hammer Tennessee. I don't know about you, but I think that's a sign. Well, these are the sort of analysis you do get on this podcast. We like to give another view on the betting world. Uh, so we like to go to any other games that you have, Josh, today for college football college football i got a few they're all kind of rolling right now though um i took west virginia plus the points against tcu out in the mountains in west virginia i also got a little oklahoma smoke show parlay uh rolling with the sooners and the cowboys over there they got big big 12 games um so i'm rolling with both of them there but um i mean those games are already rolled today why don't we uh head into our nfl slate for today what do you guys think so uh, we're going to start with the first uh, game that we have on our list, which is Panthers versus Falcons. I'm going to head it over to Josh first with your pick and what you think this game's going to end up like. Okay, so the Falcons were actually my mortal for the week. Funny you started with that one. Um, I got the Falcons minus four. I like it a lot. You know, the Panthers are coming off a big win, just lost McCaffrey. I think uh, Arthur Smith got this one at home. There's also another thing you guys got to consider. This is a little bit of a hot take, but uh, Panthers trade CMC and Robbie Anderson, and they get a huge win in the season. Does that bring up the fact that CMC might be a cancer that's being fraud? <laughs> I wouldn't go that states to fraud. Maybe just they just wanted to get him out. I think that always happens in you know, football. You you fire your coach, you fire you trade one of your best players. You, you got some you got some fireworks in here. I don't know. As you can tell by trends, just lost, 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 and then you trade CMC and they win. That might be the answer here. Just trade away the cancers on the team. Before we get into this game, we can talk about this trade. Who do you think won that trade? Falcons or 49ers? I think the sorry, uh, Panthers. The Panthers yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I think the Panthers won that trade. I agree. CMC is just a depreciating asset, and if the 49ers don't win, like, they just gave up a boatload of picks for just a running back that's gonna get hurt. Plus, Shanahan is just notorious for getting running backs injured. Like RIP Elijah Mitchell on my fantasy bench this year. Like yeah, it's gonna got, happen. Oh uh, yeah, you've got a tough bounce with running backs <laughs> this year, eh? <laughs> well, what do you who do you think won the trade? Uh, I think it all depends. I think I think the 49ers are in a good spot. The NFC is really, really weak this year, in my opinion. I think there's a chance for them to go all the way. You just seen what Kyle Shanahan has done with lower tier running backs. Elijah Mitchell's the seventh round pair, sixth round pick. Matt Burita on draft. All these running backs have turned into studs in that system are lower on talent. Now you add one of the most electric players in the NFL when he has the ball in his hands into that system. I'm interested to see what he can do. I still think the Panthers got a good return. They're rebuilding. Might as well sell off your assets. They're out of that contract now they signed to. It all depends on the 49ers do, but the 49ers did more to the future. They gave everything to the Dolphins to Trey Lance. Now they're picks are for CMC. So they don't win this year or next year. I think uh, I think Kyle Shannon might be in trouble. What does that mean, uh, fantasy outlook for fantasy owners that have Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk if CMC's on that team? I mean, CMC's not getting too many touches yet. Like he got a decent amount last week, but I think uh, – Debo still getting that ball even out of the backfield. I'm still I'm still wrong with Debo in fantasy. I think Debo's stock dropped. I just made a Debo trade before the <laughs> before the CMC deal. I, I traded off Najee Harris. Get on with that guy who absolutely sewered me in fantasy football this year. Drafted from too many leagues. 
So I was a little disappointed with the CMC deal going that way, but I think Debo will still be involved. Might not get as many touches out of the backfield anymore, but he will still, he's still a big time receiver. He is out this week though. So I think CMC is a massive fantasy stock right now. So rest of season Debo or Brown on the Eagles. That's tough. I'm, I'm going to take Brown though. I think the Eagles got a really easy schedule. I mean, I was looking at their schedule earlier today. I mean, where are they playing next? They're playing in uh, against Pittsburgh tomorrow. I mean, they're going to slice up that defense at the Texans, slice up that defense at home to the commanders. That defense is getting sliced up. And then at the Colts, that defense getting sliced up. Well, give me a question here. Do we think the Eagles have a chance to go undefeated? Well, that actually perfectly segues into our next game, uh, Steelers versus Eagles. I do think the Eagles stay undefeated this week. I do not think the Eagles will go undefeated. Being a Dallas Cowboys fan, that is not going to happen. But this week, uh, for that Steelers-Eagles game, the pick that I have, the J. Roy Hammers pick of the game, is Eagles minus 10, book it. That's a lock? It's, it's a sprinkle. It's a little sprinkle? It's a sprinkle. Yeah. Okay, okay. I, I do like that. Um, being a Dolphins fan, I watched the Steelers last week. They were not impressive. Kenny Pickett high struggle. I'm a big Kenny Pickett fan. I love them at Pitt, but, you know, he struggled early on in his NFL career. And the Eagles are something else right now. That that run game with the, with Miles Sanders, the Jalen Hurts, a dual threat. You have A.J. Brown on the outside, Devontae Smith, Nick Sirianni is a very good coach. That defense just got Robert Quinn, too. They were loading up. The Eagles are going for it, and – how crazy would it be if the Philadelphia Phillies and the Philadelphia Eagles won in the same year? I think Philadelphia might burn down. Just staying on the Eagles here, what do you guys think about Sirianni, uh, that coach of the year future? I think if he goes on to like between 15 to 17 wins, it's a lock. The only other guy I think can contend right now is Brian Dable, who's done an absolute fantastic job with the Giants. A roster that many people were in three, four wins max. He's turning Daniel Jones with a very good quarterback. He's doing a great job coaching that team. So I think he's the only one that can challenge, but I think next year on his locked it up as long as they win that NFC East. Like, I don't see the Eagles losing a game out of their division. I mean, they got a couple games here, like uh, against the Titans, I put them down for a loss. But any game outside of their division, aside from that, I don't see them losing. I can see them easily winning 14, 15 games this year. So here's a, here's a good stat. Uh, so out of the Nick sports coaches, there's Nick Saban. Yeah. Nick Nurse and Nick Sirianni. So he joins actually a really good group of coaches. So I do think there is a chance he does win coach of the year, but we chase value here on this podcast. So how do you like those odds and Sirianni for coach of the year? You know, odds aren't great on Sirianni right now, but honestly, like, I think that's gotta be a pick. You know, the Eagles, they came off a big playoff game. They went to the playoffs last year, his first year as a coach. But um, I might book that one very soon before they start winning a few more games here. I think Nick Sirianni is a good pick. Some value to you. Pete Carroll, plus 2,000. What Pete Carroll's doing with the Seahawks is very, very impressive. If he somehow trades Russell Wilson, gets that guy out of the team, makes him do a subway commercial somewhere else, wins that division with Geno Smith, I think Pete Carroll has a legitimate shot to win coach of the year. What he's doing with that team is phenomenal. I'm very impressed. Yeah, no, I don't think Geno Smith's doing any... Uh doing any high knees on the plane or anything like that when they're on their way to Munich to play uh, the Buccaneers in a couple weeks. So uh, I like that pick. I like that as a value pick for sure. So let's, uh, let's get back to a topic here and go to the other side of the ball. I know no one really wants to talk about the Steelers, but we kind of have to. Sorry, Steelers fans. But what do you guys think on the outlook of Deontay Johnson after that week that Pickens had? 
with Kenny Pickett throwing Pickens the ball constantly. I have Deion Johnson in two fantasy leagues, and I am trying to trade him off as quick as possible. I think Pickens is becoming in that alpha role. He's not Pickens at Georgia. Super, super talented, like a freak athlete. And I think they just got that rookie connection is pretty nice. I think he's a big receiver. He's a big guy. I think that's favorable for a rookie quarterback rather than Deontay Johnson, who's more of a smaller slot guy. So I think Pickens is going to take that number one role. And I, I like Pickens' outlook going in the future a lot. Wow, that's a hot take because I would take Deontay Johnson. I like him over Pickens. I think he's one of the unluckiest receivers in the NFL <laughs> with the amount of targets he gets on a week-by-week basis that I think it's going to come eventually for him. Uh, I do agree with you on the rookie uh, quarterback. It's, it's really hard to do it. Uh, look at DJ Moore. He didn't have rookie quarterbacks, but he had awful quarterbacks his whole career. DJ Moore in any other situation, he's a top, I would say, like 10 wide receiver. What do you guys think? DJ Moore with a better quarterback. So if they get someone nice in there in Carolina next year, like looking at it now, they're going to have a top five pick. So what are your options here? You got Bryce Young, you got CJ Stroud, possibly Hendon Hooker if he keeps moving up and wins the Heisman this year. I think with an elusive quarterback, he can be an absolute incredible deep threat in this league. No, I love DJ Moore. I'm high on DJ Moore. It's just the luck of the quarterbacks. Last couple of years, Sam Darrow, the Baker Mayfield, the PJ Walker. So he's had some luck. I think an interesting thing is he's on the trade block. I think I think Carolina's selling off their assets. If someone goes all in, gives them a couple picks, goes into a contender, DJ Moore, could, I honestly think he'd be a top five, top ten receiver in this league with the right quarterback. So this is why I bring up DJ Moore. DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson, rest of season. DJ Moore. I'm going DJ Moore, too. I think he's going to stay in Carolina before the trade deadline, but I'm, I'm going to stick with DJ Moore here. For fantasy. Okay, so the over-receiving yard props on Deontay Johnson is not a play this week. What's that? Uh, I think it's at uh, 55 and a half on some sports books. I think I would take the under. I think you're going up against a very, very good secondary in Philadelphia with Darius Slay and James Bradbury, probably the number one corner duo in the league. Rookie quarterback and have a great pass rush. I think you hammer that under. Darius Slay and Bradbury have been phenomenal this year. I mean, question for you guys. How many times do you think Pickett's throwing the ball tomorrow? Probably not a lot. But... Yeah. I think he's throwing a lot because of garbage time. Pittsburgh's going down, going down quick. I think Pickett's going to have to air out the ball unless Pittsburgh wants to roll over and die, right? So so he's throwing it a lot. They're still going to lose. Minus 10 is going to hit because it's J. Roy Hammers and Stan. <laughs> but what are you guys' thoughts on that? I think this one can get away from the Steelers early. I think we can easily see 14-21 in the first quarter, maybe. So uh, I'm, I'm going to stick on the Eagles with you here. I really like that pick. Yeah, I'm locking in the Eagles, too. I think that's a great pick. Great first pick for the J-Roy Hammers, the inaugural podcast. I think that's a phenomenal pick. So the line has moved to 49.5 for Deontay Johnson. Would you guys still take that? i probably still take the under. I... I'm just not not being a Deontay Johnson fan this year. After you sue me, fancy I was super high on him this year. He just I think it's a quarterback trouble. It's nothing to do with Deontay Johnson. He's a good player. It's just I think it's just a quarterback problem. And there's those corners are very very good. I'm going to take the under as well. I do not think he's going to get enough targets. And uh, with that secondary in Philly, I don't see him getting the ball. All right. Well, I'm going to have to disagree with you guys. Book that 49 over at 49.5 over because of your guys's thoughts and that's how everyone works when everyone <laughs> thinks it goes one way it does go the other way with the Vegas trap all right enough with this game we're going to move on to the next game this is a game of interest we got Cardinals versus Vikings 
Yes, sir. I am. Uh, I'm a big Arizona Cardinals fan. I'm a Kyler guy. Um, one thing I should note before we say anything about this game is uh, the new Call of Duty coming out this weekend. I think that's huge. The Vikings are favored, but um, I'm going to have to stay away from this game just because of my bias. Because I'll be uh, rooting hard for Arizona and uh, the D-Hop over. I am all in Arizona this weekend. I think Minnesota, sorry to one of our friends out there is a Vikings fan. I think Minnesota is the biggest, one of the biggest frauds in the league. Only went up against Miami two weeks ago. They, they were getting torched by a seventh-round rookie in Skylar Thomas before he got injured, and they still almost lost that game, only had 200 yards of offense compared to 450 for Miami. I think they're just getting lucky. The Call of Duty is concerning. He's gonna <laughs> All cards want to do is going to get out of that game, but I, I like Cardinals value this weekend as an underdog. Lock it in, Cardinals money line. So here's a bunch of stats, and I want you guys to tell me uh, if that changes your pick or your outlook. So on the money line, Arizona's getting 57% of the money to 43%. So it's close to 50-50, but you're getting Arizona at a whopping plus 167 on some sports books. So that kind of indicates a little bit of a Vegas trap because there's more people betting on Arizona and their line is sort of moving the other way. The Vegas trap is concerning, but I'm going to bet against Kirk Cousins. I'm not a big Kirk Cousins guy, and I, I, I like the cards. I think the cards are going to pull out this. Like I said, the Vikings are frauds. You guys want to hear something crazy <laughs> on, on the sports books? So right now, Kirk Cousins has the seventh best odds to win M, uh, to win NFL MVP at plus 4,000 on most sports books. What do you guys think about that? Well, it depends what time. Is it 1 o'clock Kirk Cousins? Or is it <laughs> <laughs> we got 1 o'clock Kirk Cousins this week. Yeah. So he might dice it up today. So final picks. I got Cardinals money line. Adam's got Cardinals money line. And RG has no pick because it's biased, apparently. It's a fade. It's a fade. Um, what do you guys think about Cliff Kingsbury coaching this team? I think he needs to leave. I think Cliff's got to go. Um, college coaches don't work out. I think it's just, yeah, you just see the college coaches go Nick Saban out quickly, Matt Rule out quickly. And I think the thing with Cliff is he got this job because he coached Patrick Mahomes. Texas Tech was never good, even with Patrick Mahomes and Cliff. Cliff got this job because of Patrick Mahomes. He's holding back that offense. Cliff's got to go get an established guy to work with Kyler Murray, and I think the Cardinals will be fine. Yeah, I was just going to say that every argument against uh, Cliff Stan in Arizona is always he coached Patrick Mahomes in college. Like he had a couple great seasons over at Texas Tech, but a losing record in college is not going to translate to any playoff wins in the NFL, which obviously he hasn't gotten yet. Yeah, I completely agree with you guys as a D Hop owner and for all the other owners, the Kyler Murray owners. We aren't happy with the play calling. And uh, when a coach comes out and admits that he wants to give play calling responsibilities off to someone else, that's when you know there's some red flags in the offense. But let's uh, let's keep on moving down the slate here. Uh, we got 49ers versus Rams, the rematch of last year's semifinals and the rematch of the Vegas trap I lost a lot of money on earlier this season. So uh, I'd say initial thoughts, uh, you got 49ers Rams, they are 50-50. Usually Rams are underdogs in these matchups, but I'm pretty sure since the Rams are at home, you have them at even odds. So what are the picks looking like for these games? I'm taking 49ers even money. I don't think the Rams look good this year. Matt Stafford had that surge in the offseason. He hasn't looked like the quarterback he has last year. I think you get 
like you said, CMC in a full week in that offense and an offense, he's probably going to be unleashed. 49ers have a really good defense. I'm taking the 49ers. Kyle Shanahan kind of owns Sean McVay. So I, I, I'm taking the 49ers even money. Um, I do like the over 42, though. So I am taking the Los Angeles Rams on this one. Um, I have bet on the 49ers a few times this year. Uh, in week three, I went seven for eight. My only loss was uh, when the 49ers lost to Russell Wilson in Denver in prime time. So I'm going to fade the absolute shit out of the 49ers this week. I'm taking Matthew Stafford and the Rams to win plus points. Is, uh, is Nick Bosa back? He was back last week, right? Yeah, I think he's, I think he's back. Nick Bosa. What, what do you think Nick Bosa is? Are you ranked as rush in the NFL? I think he's got to be top three if you consider Michael Parsons an edge. Um, but Nick Bosa is an absolute freak. He's so fun to watch. He is one of the best passers in the NFL. He's, he's a game changer. And you got two game changers on that defense um, with Red Warner, and then you also got Aaron Donald on the other side. So it's going to be an interesting game for defense side of the ball, but like I said, I'm sticking with the 49ers. Nick Bosa could be a good pick for uh, Defensive yeah. Player of the Year, too. He's got the second-best odds right now after uh, Parsons over in Dallas. So uh, I would like that pick. So here's some stats for you, RG. In the last 10 games, the Rams are 3-7 and seven against the 49ers. And uh, that, I guess, segues into my pick. I do have the 49ers tonight. Well, not tonight, tomorrow, because this podcast will be released tomorrow. But the reason why I'm taking this pick is because CMC will be more integrated into the offense. It's an absolute animal. As much as he was a cancer to Carolina, I think he'll get his act cleaned up, and he'll be a better teammate to, uh, to the 49ers. I also think Ayuk can have a big game as well as Kittle. That also means Garoppolo might be a good pickup for fantasy football. But, uh, yeah, I think the, Rams, the 49ers got it. The over looks really good. It's pretty, it's pretty low, but I think it might be a high-scoring game. Maybe Stafford has something figured out after the bye week. What are you guys' thoughts on Allen Robinson after <laughs> I, bye week? I knew that was coming. Um, I don't know about Allen Robinson. He, he put up numbers of terrible QBs in Chicago and when he played on Jacksonville. Now he's done nothing to that offense. I think it might take a while for Sean McVay to get him integrated. Hopefully it's different after the, the bye week. Because Allen Robinson is a very talented receiver. I don't know why they're not using him. I feel like at times, like Cooper Cup is such a good receiver. I feel like Matthew Stafford just force feeds the ball to Cooper Cup, which doesn't work out all the time. So I think Allen Robinson's got to get in. I hope he does. I'm an Allen Robinson owner in one league, and I'm still holding out hope. Yeah, maybe Stafford should start having breakfast with Allen Robinson. <laughs> Keep the eggs away from uh, from Cooper Cup for a week. Maybe he'll get the ball a few more times. Maybe you should get some racial sensitivity <laughs> training as well. So there's some uh, African American receivers rather than uh, all the white all the white dudes. So uh, I, I guess we're split pretty much uh, as evenly as possible, two to one. Uh, usually we all go the same way, but uh, that's why we have three people on the podcast. So we're going to move on to the next game. We got Dolphins versus Lions. This has been a very controversial game because uh, one of the hosts is a diehard Dolphins fan. So uh, I want to start off with you, Adam. What uh, what's your take on the Dolphins and why do you think they're winning? You know, I I gotta like separate my heart from my head right here. I still think the Dolphins are a good team. I think with I know Tua is a, a talk to a person in the media. He gets ripped apart, but that's this team with Tua. Is good. They're four and zero this year when he finishes games. Zero and three when he's not. You know the offense didn't look great against Pittsburgh, but they had a couple of good drives. 
you know, Mike McDaniel's doing a good job with that offense. I really like the Dolphins this game. Um, I think they're good enough to cover a four-point spread right now. But I do see the value of Detroit as a, you know, an underdog at home. Detroit plays teams hard. You know, all the games are closed. Dan Campbell's got that energy going. But I think this is a week where the Dolphins' two-star receivers, and Jalen Waddle Hill, are, in my opinion, the best receiver duo of the league, are going to go off against a poor Detroit secondary. So I got mm-hmm. Dolphins minus three and a half. I'll talk about my mortal lock when we get to that in that game as well. But I think the Dolphins will come on top. I think they're going to make a statement game and show them what this offense can really do. Uh, so this one's a, a big one for me. I'm taking the Lions uh, with the points plus three and a half and Jared Goff over 255 passing yards. I see them having a massive game at home today. Last week, the Lions only six points on the board. He still got 228 yards. Uh, the week before that, a little shutter against New England still got 229. I think, uh, no offense to you, but I think we'll be able to dice up that secondary over in Miami at home. And uh, I can see him getting 300, 320 yards passing tomorrow. Yeah, so a little bit of stats here. Stack guy J-Roy <laughs> got at 39% of the bets on that spread for Detroit. So that means that there is uh, math guy j right now, 61% on the, going, the other, going the other way. It's quick math. That is pretty quick math. That's pretty good. Yeah. Big tax guy. Yeah, big tax big guy. Tax guy. <laughs> So if we do move on to the money line, though, I just want to give up some more numbers since this is, quote unquote, in my opinion, game of the week because I have DeAndre Swift back in my lineups. <laughs> there is 24% on Detroit money line. So does this bring the question, do you guys have the nuts to bet Detroit money line tomorrow? I do not. I'll never bet against the Dolphins. I can't do that to myself, but you know, I'll let Ari get into this, but I, I think the Dolphins are a much better team than the Lions. I think they'll win by easily four points, but you know, I see the value. But I'll get to Ari if he, if he has the nuts to drop, drop the money line. I'm going to think about it tonight. Maybe, uh, maybe sleep on it a little bit tonight, but uh, I'm definitely taking the Lions plus the points as of right now. <laughs> So the reason why I asked that question is because I have the balls to take Detroit Moneyline tomorrow because I've been upset way too many times betting against Detroit. And they only have one win this year. So I've only bet once this year against Detroit. So I am taking Detroit tomorrow. Not a lock. It is a value sprinkle at home. I got to love the home dogs. Prove me wrong. Hey, you guys see that video uh, before the season with uh, Dan Campbell and Hard Knocks going through the schedule in his head yeah. for like two minutes in an interview? What do you think he thought about this game? He's terrified of Tua Tangevaloa and Mike McDaniel. That's exactly what he thought. He fears. He's not going to be asleep tonight. He's going to have those pregame jitters. Fun fact, Dan Campbell was an interim coach in Miami, so it's a bit of a revenge game for him uh, when Joe Philbin got fired. I, I'm a, I love Dan Campbell. He's a great coach of the Dolphins, great energy, but... I think he's going to get embarrassed by his old team, but, you know. Fear brings out the best in people, so uh, we'll definitely we'll definitely keep that in mind. And we are tracking all our picks, and they will be released on our social medias just to make sure that everyone is indeed keeping up with our percentages. So let's move on to the next game. We got Raiders versus Saints. This is a, this is a big game here. Pretty small spread. What do you guys think of, uh, think of the outcome? Um, so I thought a decent amount about this game. So the Saints are coming off that loss to my cards last week. They have kind of like the mini bye week playing on the Thursday. So a little extra long break there. I like the Saints here. 
Um, you know, that Raiders defense has got to be one of the worst in the NFL. It's just, it's just god awful. What do you guys think? Well, I bet on the uh, on the under 59.5, I think, with you, Adam, three oh. weeks ago against the Chiefs, and they could not stop anything. Nothing. That defense is absolute Swiss cheese. I will never be betting it under again. Uh, that was the worst three hours of my life. Sweating out with Josh over here. And, you know, the, the Raiders just broke my heart. So I will be betting on the Saints. I think the Raiders, I think Josh McDaniels is a terrible coach. It didn't work out in, it didn't work out in Denver. He's got all these weapons, Fonte Adams, and it, you know, Derek Hart's not playing good football right now. Josh Jacobs is a beast, though. Um, whoever has been in fantasy, was a great pick. He had some questions going into the year, but I got, I got Saints money line. They're the underdog, let's lock it in. Saints beating the Raiders in New Orleans. So funny you guys both have Saints because I have Raiders money line. Now, uh, reason for Raiders money line, I just believe in their offense. I think offense wins championships just as much as defense does. So I just think it's an important game for the Raiders. They need to get on a streak to get actually sniff playoffs. It's kind of doable in that division. You got my Chargers not doing well. You got the Broncos doing as well as they could. And I don't know. I think this is a big week for the Raiders. Uh, it's always good to get the uh, opposite takes here. I think um, Josh Jacobs has a monster game. And uh, maybe over receiving yards on Josh Jacobs could be a play here. I love betting running back receiving yards overs uh, when we get to the game and eventually have a good lock for everyone. But Josh Jacobs is such a good player. Um, I do like that receiving yards. It can't be too high. Um, but, you know, I think that's some good value, whatever the line's at. As uh, as two dudes on this podcast with the first name Josh, are we proud to have Josh Jacobs be a part of the Josh Club? I'm cool with Josh Jacobs, but uh, my question is uh, McDaniel's. You like having him? Ah, a little weird, a little weird, a little weird looking. <laughs> I think you gotta, I think you gotta kick him off the bus. He's uh, he's a little weird. I thought there was also that weird thing back when he was going to take the Colts job, and then he took it, and then he didn't. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't like him on the Josh team here. What about Josh Allen? Josh Allen's on the Josh train. Uh, why don't we get into that game now? Yeah, yeah. What do you What do you guys think of the Packers versus Buffalo game? A lot of points. Yeah, there's gonna be, there's gonna be a lot of points. Um, this is like, I think Bills minus ten and a half is an absolute lock. I think the Packers are not a good team. The Bills are in prime time in Buffalo. Josh Allen, even though I hate that man more than anything, being a Dolphins fan, he is the best quarterback in this league right now. I'll take him over Patrick Mahomes, even though I hate saying that. I think the Bills are going to roll. Packers look terrible. Rodgers looks more depressed than Brady after he got dumped by Giselle. So I think Buffalo's going to roll minus 10.5. Lock it in some good value. Gabe Davis in prime time. I think he's at plus 180 as a touchdown score. So there's some good value there if you want want to go there. Hey, Stats Guy, I got a quick question for you. Uh, so this game's at night in Buffalo, New York. Can we get a little weather report of yeah, what's going on? Weather in Buffalo. Tomorrow night. I think it's going to be a chilly one. But the one thing about that, I don't think it'll affect it too much. Josh Allen played at Wyoming, now playing in Buffalo. Aaron Rodgers been playing in Green Bay his entire career. 16 degrees Celsius on Sunday in Buffalo. So it's not too cold. I'd say it's t-shirt and shorts and winter jacket for bras. <laughs> I, th- I think that's valid. For me, I'm there. I'm just wearing some Lulu pants, maybe. Maybe a nice little uh, little sweater. Some high socks? Yeah, some high socks, too, of course. So for that game, I got uh, the pack at plus 11. 
I think uh, it's a get-right game for Aaron Rodgers. He has something to prove. Uh, we all had one of those games. We have a chip on our shoulder. I think he really just takes the team under his under his wing. Now I'm talking like I think they're going to get the line. <laughs> I do not think they're going to win this game. I don't think there's a chance they win this game, but I think there's a chance that they will be close. It is way too many points, so I'm taking the plus 11. I'm also on the plus 11 train here. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck off. Hey, ride, ride or dive on myself. You know, I uh, usually bet against Buffalo that's screwed because I'm a Dolphins fan. Like I said I hate Josh Allen more than anything in this world, but he's quite good at the game of football. So so I am asking for a friend. Uh, he traded Devin Singletary recently, uh, specifically for a friend. What are your guys' thoughts on Devin Singletary rest of the season? I don't think he's going to do much. Just watching – I watched a couple – Good amount of Bills games when they're on. They do not run the football. They throw it all the time. They're not a good running team. Josh Allen takes that game in his old hand. And I think, honestly, James Cook will take over as that receiving back a bit later in the year as soon as he gets more, you know, good with that scheme. But, you know, I'm not a big Devin Singletary guy. A lot of my brother's friends are Bills fans, and they despise him because they think he cannot run. So I, I wouldn't worry about trading him off. I find it crazy how you're not running, uh, running the ball too much when you're ahead every game. So uh, that, that's got a lot to say about Devin Singletary, too. No, definitely. Devin Singletary only plays when the Bills are in close games. So fantasy owners who have Devin Singletary, look at the rest of the season. Try to get some value off of him. If he has a good game tomorrow in the plus 11, definitely uh, start him. <clears throat> if not, then you guys are in for a terrible surprise. So let's move on to the next game. we got Titans versus Texans. What are the picks, boys? Is this a good old Vegas trap? Is this what it is? It's minus two and a half, I believe, the Titans right now. Um, I, I, I'm terrified of these big by a Titans minus two and a half. I think they're getting right. The Texans are in that mode where they want to, you know, they want to lose. They want to get that, that quarterback, want to get that number one pick. And I think, you know, Derrick Henry owns the Texans. I, I'm a big Damian Pierce guy. Pick him up in fantasy. He's a very, very good football player. But... My, Titans minus two and a half is too good not to pick. I'm worried about the Vegas trap, but Titans minus two and a half is my pick. So I also have the Titans minus two and a half. Tannehill is questionable, but I think uh, even if he doesn't play, Malik Willis can still come in and dice up that defense. Um, another prop I have from this game is I love the under on uh, Davis Mills passing, 235 and a half on most sports books. So the reason it's a bit higher this week. So he smashed over 300 last week, but that's against a super weak Raiders defense. I think we already talked about this defense. He's a Stanford kid. He's a smart kid. He can figure it out against the Raiders. I don't think it's happening against the Titans. Yeah, I agree. Some, some stuff to go with that under that I think goes well that Nico Collins is out, their number two receiver. And Brandon Cooks is questionable. Was on the injury report, but trade deadline coming up. Uh, Jack Easterby, um, I don't know. He doesn't, he's a, doesn't have a thing for Brandon Cooks. And apparently uh, he could miss the game because of a potential trade. So with him on the books, you could be missing your top two receivers. I think that bodes great for the under. I think that's a fantastic pick. Uh, sorry, guys, to uh, move to college football for a second. Uh, but my Oklahoma Sooners, which uh, you guys will learn a lot, I'm a diehard for, just beat the Iowa State Cyclones 27-13. So the first half of my Oklahoma Smoke Show parlay looks great. We'll see how Oklahoma State does this afternoon. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very happy. You know, we're not having a good year. 
But uh, let's move back to NFL for now. We'll get more on the Sooners uh, in our next pod. So here is a stat. When snow falls in Vermont, Derrick Henry has a monstrous game. I am checking <laughs> the weather in Vermont as we speak, and it is not snowing this weekend. So how does that affect your predictions for this game? Because that kind of scares me because last week, Tennessee offense did not score a touchdown against the Colts. Yeah, that kind of scares me. You know, that pick is kind of getting me the flip, but no, I, I still like the Titans. I think Derek Henry will figure it out. This Texans defense is not good at all. Um, I, that Texas team is really, really bad. I think I think Titans will be fine. Two and a half points is not a lot. This is a game they need to win, especially the Colts still behind them in that division race. Can't lose divisional games to the Texans if you want to win that that division. So I think the Titans and Mike Fray will have that team out firing. I agree. I like the Titans in this game, and I also uh, love them to win that division, maybe even win a playoff game this year. Well, that's a hot take. Um, for me, I'm going to have to go with you guys. I'm going to take the Titans. I just don't believe in the Texans. Even though there isn't any snow in Vermont, it doesn't take a lot to beat this Texans team. So uh, hopefully we all take the Titans, and we're happy with our results. It probably looks gorgeous in Vermont, too, in the fall. Oh, it's, it's probably It looks nice there, yeah. Should we take a road trip to Vermont one of these days? Yeah, Vermont, no sports in Vermont. <laughs> we can what? bus there. So. We can bus. Yeah, take a couple buses. <laughs> so uh, let's move on to the next game. we got Giants versus Seattle. Talk about Vegas trap. Trap. What are we calling here, boys? So I looked at the trap last week. And I took the Jags minus three. Um, obviously, that didn't work out for me. So I'm going to fade the Giants again this week. I don't know why I'm doubling down on this. I like Geno Smith. He's got heart. What was the Cody ad? They won't do. They wrote uh, me off, but they won't write. I won't write back. <laughs> He's not writing back this week. Um, I think Seattle is going to win by 10 points this week. Um, so, you know, I, I was, I got bad trap last week. We, me and Argy had the same, same philosophy. You know, we took the, the Jays, you know, setting for an audit exam, you know, that was a tough defeat before that exam, but I cannot go against the G-men again. The Giants are rolling. Brian Dable's got them rolling. Saquon Barkley is back. I love Saquon Barkley. Football is so much better when he's healthy. I'm running with the G-men at, I'm going to take the money line. I think the G-men are, I think they're going to win this football game. Brian Dable is Coaching out of his mind right now. Wing Martindale, defense coordinator, is an amazing coach. I think the Giants roll, and, you know, Geno Smith might want to write back this week. So it looks like I am the tiebreaker once again, and I'm going to say these two names. Saquon Barkley. Now, the reason why I say that is Seattle has no run defense. Jamal Williams scored so many points of them. What do you guys think the top two running back in fantasy football will do against Seattle this week? He's going to coast in the end zone. He's going to make a lot of Saquon Bar Barkley owners happy. Saquon Barkley, it's so much fun when he's back. The way he can run the football, uh, just watch him at Penn State. I was, it was so awesome to watch him. And the fact that he's back, Saquon Barkley is going to torch up that defense. You know, Geno Smith's going like, to get punched in the face this week. Do you guys want to hear how much I'm on Seattle this weekend? I'm a Barkley fantasy owner, and I'm still taking oh. Seattle to win the game. I think they're going to win by 10 points. So that is a hot take. I do have Giants money line just on the fact of double penetration offense, <laughs> which is run with Saquon, run with Daniel Jones, 
and then run with Saquon again. <laughs> and as much as I believe in uh, double penetration offense, I also believe Wandale Robinson will have a great game this week. So Wandale Robinson owners, start them in your flex. Don't see him as a wide receiver two or wide receiver one, but he's a flex option for now. Both the Giants plus 140. And the good thing with pluses is if you lose a plus, you're not upset. But if you lose a minus, you are upset because you're expecting to win. So take that plus, take that value. Do you get Vegas trapped? We learn and we move on and we'll be better next week. Am I right or am I right? You are right. You're right about the plus money. <laughs> Wrong about the Giants. <laughs> All right, so let's move to the Bears versus my Cowboys. What are your picks, gentlemen? All right, so I have a lock this week. I, I, not my mortal lock, but I think it's a lock. David Montgomery over seven and a half receiving yards at minus 115. Now, I'm not touching the spread in this game, but I love that prop bet. Little stats showing your way. Four to six games this year, he has hit the over. And he averages 18.8 receiving yards a game. So I think that's great value at minus 115. And you'll think about the Cowboys. They have a great pass rush. You're playing Justin Fields' is young quarterback. I think it's going to be a lot of checkdowns. They don't throw deep anyways. That's one reception. That's one or two receptions. I think David Montgomery is going to hit that over receiving yards. Yeah, I agree with you. That was actually one of my picks. Uh, you didn't steal it from me. I actually stole it from you. Um, but I do agree. Cowboys defense, one of the best in the league. Uh, my opinion, they are Super Bowl contenders, but uh, obviously different for every person. I definitely think Cowboys are going to win the game. Uh, minus 10 is a lot for Dak. He is a little fraudulent. So, uh, honestly, uh, since I love the Cowboys so much, I'm going to stay away from this game for the sake of us and for the sake of all our listeners. So, that is a lot of points. 10 is a lot of points. But I think the Bears are going to get shut out this week, which is why I love the under 42 and a half. What do you guys think about that? I think I can see like a 20 to nothing game. I, I honestly don't uh, I don't disagree with you on that. I think Cowboys defense are Super Bowl worthy. We have one of the best uh, one of the best defenses in the league. You got Diggs, who's unreal, gets torched on Twitter. But you know what? Don't play as much as he wants and gets burned. He does like to catch some passes from other teams' quarterbacks. So a big thing about Justin Fields uh, back when he was at Ohio State. And uh, when he was coming into the NFL draft, which is why he dropped down uh, to the Bears to uh, trade up for him, is that he couldn't look past the first read. Once the first read was gone, he couldn't do anything. Over these past few weeks, I've seen a lot of signs of that. I mean, he's only throwing the ball like nine times a game. But I'm seeing a lot of that. I don't see him throwing the ball a lot. I don't see them getting a lot of points. I love the Cowboys. Minus 10. Here's a question to a Cowboys fan. Who do you want to be your starting running back? Who do you think is better in that offense, Tony Pollard or Zeke? I'm going to have to go Tony Pollard. Uh, Zeke, just, uh, Zeke just doesn't have it. Like with, You see with all these athletes, once they get the bag, they just their motivation isn't there. Definitely, uh, definitely I'm not happy with him. He's also injury-prone. Pollard's showing a lot more fire. Um, so definitely going with Pollard rest of season. I like that. I'm a big Pollard fan. I always find like he's on the offense, he's just more explosive. He's got more, you know, top end speed. I think that's what you wanted a running back. You know, Zeke gets those yards, but Pollard's electric. And, you know, I'm big on the Cowboys. I think Micah Parsons, he's the best defensive player in the league, defensive player in the league right now. I loved him coming out of Penn State. He's one of my favorite draft props I've ever watched in my life. You know, the fact that he fouled the Cowboys was, was an absolute steal. And he, he's, taking this lead by notice. So uh, I think the Cowboys are a really good team. 
I still think the Eagles won that division, but I think the Cowboys are going to make wild card and they can make some noise in the playoffs. They're giving the right matchup. All right, so we're going to move on to Colts versus Commanders. Sammy E, baby, first ever start. Um, I got one pick for this. You know, stay away from the spread again. I'm a big prop guy to this week. Jonathan Taylor over 74 and a half rushing yards at minus 115. Second week back from injury from Jonathan Taylor and Sammy Ellinger's first career start. I think they're going to pound that rock. You know, the Washington Commanders are giving up an average of 119 rushing yards a game. Lock that in. I think they got to give the ball back to Jonathan Taylor, what they did last year, feed him the rock, and let Sammy E take it past their seed in this first ever start. Uh, so as a boomer sooner, I saw a lot of, uh, of Sammy over at Texas. We were able to dice him up, but I don't think the commanders are doing that this week, which is why I love the Colts. I, uh, I don't believe in uh, rookie quarterback, Sammy Ellinger. I, uh, I don't know. I'm taking the commanders just based off vibes, like definitely a big vibe person. I feel like the vibes are good in Washington after being the pack. Uh, Travis Heine, he's gonna he's gonna throw his ass off. Terry McLaurin's looking good all of a sudden, so good for the good on the people that picked up Terry McLaurin. But definitely, I think Commanders went close one. Um, that's why they're they're sort of priced fairly. So uh, yeah, that's why I picked the Commanders. Heineke's a pretty big vibes guy, eh? Huge vibe. He's, he's got good vibes. I like that. You know, I if I'm speaking value, I, I don't want to bet this game, but I like the commander's money line value. I think, you know, Sammy's first start, the Colts have not looked good this year. Frank Frank's on the hot seat. You know, Taylor Heineke's got those vibes to him. That playoff game he played against Tom Brady. Give me Taylor Heineke. I'm not going to bet it, but if I were, commander's a good value at money line. So I got a question for you guys just uh, on the topic of the Colts. What do we think about sitting Matt Ryan? I like it. I think they're. I think they're going to the. If I'm in this position, you know, Matt Ryan's not going to take it in the future. They recycle all these QBs. You know, you try Sammy Ellinger. If he doesn't work out, you're probably not going to be good this year. You can move up and get one of these top quarterbacks in this draft. I don't think they're going to be bad enough to get Stroud or Bryce Young, but you know, there's someone like Will Levis who can turn their future around potentially. But I think Sammy's just taking it in because got the point where they don't think Matt Ryan can take them any farther, and they want to figure out their quarterback for the future. So as a Pittman and Alec Pierce fantasy owner, myself, I am, I actually don't know how to feel about it. Matt Ryan's thrown well to Pittman, thrown well to Pierce. I, I honestly don't know what to expect from Ellinger. If he does well, then he's going to win me over. As long as I win my matchup this week in my fantasy week, because it is a must win. So, so, uh, so last picks for these games, because I didn't get them down in the sheet. What was, uh, what, what were they? Jonathan Taylor over 74 and a half rushing yards at minus 115. Block. Okay. And I got Commander's money line. What do you have, Josh? I got the Colts plus the points. All right. So let's move on to the next game. We got Jets versus Pats. We have our Jets expert, John, on the line to give us the rundown and his analysis on the game. How's it going, boys? Happy to be part of the first pod. What's going on, John? What's going on? You guys hear me okay? Yeah, sure. All right, so let's get into it. So this is obviously a big game, a big AFC East divisional game. Huge one for both teams. The Pats just got embarrassed by the Bears on Monday night, so they're going to be angry. But there's one thing to keep in mind. I don't know if you guys remember, but last year, the Pats put up 50 points on the Jets. And there are a lot of players on the Jets team this year that were a part of that game. So I think they're going to be even angrier than the Pats are going to be. And honestly, if we're looking at the Patriots, I'm not impressed with much there. Their quarterbacks suck. They Their running backs are okay, but the Jets' defense has been on fire all season. I expect that to continue. 
you got top five cornerback combo with Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed. So there, I don't see Mac Jones doing very much. And I can't believe the Jets are an underdog. Yeah, we lost Brees Hall. But between Michael Carter and James Robinson, I still expect the offense to be able to run well. Zach Wilson does suck. I would probably take his under passing yards. But I think Jets' money line is the lock of the week, if I'm being honest. Lock of the week. John, what is your thoughts on – well, we hear this word actually get thrown around a lot. It's the Vegas trap. And we kind of see a lot of the money on the Jets this week. Uh, and the line really hasn't moved towards a minus. So those give a lot of indicators towards a Vegas trap. What, what are your thoughts on that? Is it still plus two and a half for the Jets? Yeah. Uh, I mean, with NFL gambling, that does scare me. But I think that has to do with just the history. Like, the Jets haven't beat the Patriots since 2015, I don't think. Bill Belichick has owned Zach Wilson so far this year, so I expect Wilson to struggle. But we're seeing it this year. It's a different Jets team, man. And I've been saying it the past three weeks, take the Jets' money line. And my friends who have listened to me have made some money, and I just expect it to continue, honestly. This team's hungry. And sometimes you see all the money going one way, and there's a reason for it, because it's a good bet. And I'm honestly not scared at all by that. So how are, how are the vibes on the Jets? Because I feel like you're making the picks straight out vibes, which is a good <laughs> pick sometimes. Oh, they're vibing. Like, Sal is a leader of men, and the, the boys have bought them. Like, Alec was back, dancing with his teammates on the field. The vibes are good. Winning's contagious, and these boys just want to win. We're different this year. What do you think, Josh? So this year in the regular season, uh, the Jets are 5-2 and two against the spread, which I like. But in the preseason as well, 3-0 and oh against the spread. So the Jets I, are a dominant preseason team, I will say that. There we go. Yeah, because they're playing uh, they're playing their starters over there in New York. But um, I'm going to have to fade the Jets on this one just based on the Vegas trap and those stats. I am hammering the Patriots minus two and a half in this one. Don't worry, be zappy. <laughs> if he's starting over there in New England, I like the Patriots. Yeah, I got Pats minus two and a half. Jets are fraudulent as you can come. Zach Wilson. <laughs> Zach Wilson against Bill Belichick is 0-2 with a career pass rating of 37.1 with zero TDs and four picks and 250 passing yards. I think, you know, Brees Hall is one of the – he's a stud, and I think they're going to miss him. You know, James Robinson's good, but I think it's going to take a while for me to enter in that offense. I like Bill Belichick. I'll take the pass to minus two and a half. So, so let's uh, – let's, since we're all here on the phone together – and since I'm the tiebreaker, let's go over some key players in their offense and see if they have that dog in them. And that will make our decision uh, on it. So I'll ask you, John, I'll give you a, a list of players and you say dog or no dog. Okay. Zach Wilson. No dog. Whoa. Actually, he is a dog. He's a no He absolutely has that dog in him. Just not on the football field. James Robinson. Uh, not a dog. He's been really bad for my fantasy team. <laughs> Elijah Moore. I'm going to say he's not a dog either. He's kind of a fraud. He's quitting on a winning team. We'll see if that changes. Right now, not a dog. Alright, so now let's move to the other side of football. You got Ramondre Stevenson. I mean, I haven't watched much Pats this year, but I will say dog. He's kind of scary. Uh, Bailey Zappi? Fraud. He's not even getting no dog. He's a fraud. Uh, Bailey Zappi is as big as dogs can get. That guy's a dog. Right, right, dog. That guy's an absolute dog. You guys watching our Western Kentucky last year? He absolutely lit it up. All right, so uh, after that, I'm going to go with my pick. 
I actually really like the Jets at the plus money. Book it, hammer. Two versus two. We'll see that. Let's go, Jets. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. All right. That was our Jets reporter and expert analysis and vibe, vibe analyzer, John. We'll talk to you next week. See you, all right, so that is the full slate. We went through everything. All the picks are recorded. We've had some common picks, some uncommon picks. Football is our main sport since all of us do watch it, but I do want to move over to other another sport uh, that we all watch, which is, uh, which is hockey. Um, so in terms of hockey, we just want to talk about futures in general and uh, what you guys think on the outlook for the futures market. I like the regular season awards. Uh, what about you guys? Um, I love the regular season awards. I also love uh, picking division winners too. Those are uh, those are always good odds in hockey. I mean, it always fluctuates every year, except if you're over in the Atlantic Division, where it's uh, basically the same teams every year. But uh, regular season awards are always a fun one too. I know you had a nice little pick for your best now. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So uh, before I get into it, I do want to talk about strategy when making these uh, bets for futures. So a lot of the sports books do have the cash out options. When you do make bets, you're not making a bet based on them winning or not. You're making a bet on them based on their value. So if they go up in value or not, based on how much their cash out is. So uh the bet uh, RG's talking about is Logan Thompson to win the Vesna. Now, that is a great bet because up until a couple of days ago, it was 50 to 1. Now you can get it from 33 to 30 to 1 on any sports book, which is a great bet. He's looking like a great goalie this year. Leads the league, I think, with two shutouts, which is unbelievable. Vegas is not a fraudulent team this year. They have great defense. Uh, the, uh, the teams they've been playing against have been hitting the under on their totals more often than not. So Logan Thompson, take it at 33 to one, cash it out, maybe even wins the Vesna, you could win. Uh, you could win actually a pretty solid profit. Uh, what do you guys what do you guys think about the Logan Thompson or any other Vesna caliber goalies that you can get at more than 33 to 50 to one? I, I love Logan on this one. Uh, Vegas, that division in the Pacific, it's looking weak right now. I like Vegas to win that division. I think if they win that division, he'll be up there in the odds. So uh, you can look at a nice early cash out on that. Yeah, I do. I do like that. Logan Thompson playing good hockey right now. That's great value. Um, some other value for moving on. Another thing. Austin Matthews is still the favorite at the Rock, which is kind of kind of concerning. But you get you can get Connor McDavid plus four twenty five right now to win the Rocket. So you know he's leading the leading goals right now. Two hat tricks. And he's still he's still a big favorite. Matthews is still the big favorite, which I, I find kind of concerning. In fact, he has one game, one goal in eight games or whatever it is. But Conor McDavid plus four twenty five or Dry Settle plus a thousand is pretty nice value. So uh, I got the leaf the leaf bias. I'm a massive Toronto Maple Leafs fan, so I might have to uh, stay away from my pick on this one. But I think Matthews is going to light it up this year. Um, you know, it's a bit of a slow start for the team in general. I think things will turn around. I can see him get in between 50 and 55 goals this year, though. He did it in a short season last year with 61. I can see him picking it up quick and uh, still winning that rocket. So I don't see Matthews winning the rocket at all. I hate to shit on your parade. I am a Leafs fan as well. Uh, McDavid is a pass-first guy. I really don't like betting on players to win the rocket when they pass first. Uh, my actual value pick, 
since I really don't like to get players for the Rocket that are under 10 to 1 because, because usually it's, there's not much value in it. Usually the same people that win the Rocket every year. You look at the last 10 years, Ovechkin's won it, Matthews won it. Like there's not much variability. But one person that stuck out to me at 14 to 1, David Contractier Pasternak. Great odds for him. He's up there already scoring. He has a contract here. He needs to get a good contract. And he did win the Rocket with Ovechkin three years ago with 50 goals each. So I don't know what your guys' thoughts on it, but 14 to 1. Definitely, I feel like Pasternak will be in the conversation near the end of the year. He's scoring at a great pace right now. So Yeah, he's going to want to boost that up. I mean, with the cap going up this offseason, you can see him with a good 45 goals this year, making between 10 and $11 million in a contract. So uh, I think Boston's a really good team. I think they're going to have a great year. I like that value pick. Mm -hmm. So next we're going to move on to cup picks, outright cup picks. Do you guys have any? And if so, explain to me why. And then I have my own outright cup pick. I don't think they're going to win the cup. I'm just getting them at the value they're at. Uh, so who do you guys want to start with here? I can go off of it, but, you know, I've been a big Hurricanes fanatic this offseason, I think. I think they're very much improved. Patch Reddy's going to come back halfway through the year. Um, I think the Canes to win the Cup this year. That'd be my pick as of right now with Patch Reddy coming back in the lineup in the future. Um, so a decent value when I have. It's not great value, but um, I think they can uh, win a bunch of games early here after this first stretch. Uh, the New York Rangers. What do you guys think about the New York Rangers? I I honestly think they're fraudulent. Uh, they have a good offense. Uh Shesterkin's goals above expected last year was ridiculous. This year, you can see that Shesterkin's regressing a little bit more, sliding in more goals. There's more high danger chances that are going in. Shesterkin's just simply not standing on his head. So, for the Rangers to do anything good in the playoffs, they gotta be, they gotta reduce the amount of shots on net, and that just comes from their trade deadline acquisitions last year that all stayed and actually did a good job. They all got rid of them this year. And then you can see all the old problems coming back where they're just getting into absolute barn burners with teams. So I think they're fraudulent. Uh, I do want to go down the subway and take the New York Islanders at 45 to one for outright cup odds. Now, I don't think they're going to win the cup, but if they do make the playoffs, their odds will jump up to 20, maybe 15 to one because the top 16 playoff teams, the usually lowest odds, that's 16 to 1. So take the New York Islanders at 45 to 1. They seem like a team. They're competing. They just beat Carolina a night a night ago. They're beating teams. They have Sorokin, who in my mind is one of the best goalies, if not the best goalie in the league. Take him, ride it, cash out, and you just thank me later. What do you think about that, Adam? The Islanders. Uh I don't know. Uh, I think you know the value you got them is pretty, pretty good, but you know. That's a good division still. Uh, I think they're still going to have trouble making the playoffs. But, I mean, if you take them at 45 to 1 now and they somewhat sneak in, I think that's good value. But, you know, I think they I think they make, I think they miss the playoffs. I'm, I'm going to fade the Islanders as well here. I don't think they get into the playoffs this year. Uh, that's a deep division. A lot of good teams, a lot of players went that way this offseason. I see them uh, out of the mix at the end of the year. All right. So, uh, last future I have here. We got uh, the President's Trophy future. I have, and I don't know if you guys can believe, the 7-2 Vegas Golden Knights are 22-1 to to win the President's Trophy. They are top five in the league right now at 7-2, and and they are 22-1. to If that doesn't scream take it for value, what does? 
I'm, I might be booking that tomorrow, to be honest. I'm, I might be taking that very soon. Um, you know, Logan's having a great year out there so far. I can see him keeping it up. I don't see anything fading over there. There's always one goalie that comes out of a year. Um, every year, I know last year, Shurkin had a super breakout year, but I can see it being Logan this year. I can see him getting a big deal. I think I'm going to make that bet tonight after a couple a couple Sleemans go down me in the Halloween Halloween party. I think that bet could be placed my sports book in a couple hours. We're just becoming Vegas dick riders. I, I think we're all on Vegas. I think right. we got to team up with them. We can't yeah, go against gotta, them all the time. we got to place that bet tonight. It's yeah. our first group future bet of the podcast. You hear it here, folks. First group future on the podcast. We're giving it the odds get even stamp of approval. Now, to end the episode, we have two segments. We have our mortal locks of the week, and we also have the top six teams with heart. All right, I'll start it off with the mortal lock. You know, it's a game that I'm interested in, but I think that's good knowledge. Jalen Waddle over 67.5 receiving yards at minus 115. Absolute mortal lock. Lions have one of the worst passing defense in the league, and with two in the lineup, Waddle's averaging 108 yards per game this year. Lock it in, mortal lock, that ain't missing. So we already talked about this a bit, but I got the Falcons um, plus the points at home against the Carolina Panthers. I absolutely love it. I mean, we talked about this earlier. We don't got to go into it again. But Vegas is begging for you to take the Panthers in this one, take the Panthers' money line. They had a big win last week. Everyone thinks CMC was a cancer, but I just love the Falcons. Big week coming up from Drake London. All right, so my mortal lock, we're going to hockey. We are taking the hometown Toronto Maple Leafs tonight against the LA Kings at minus 145. You got Elias Samsonov coming off a straight loss to the Sharks. The Leafs would be fired up. Sheldon Keefe has his job on the line. Austin Matthews will be buzzing tonight. Leafs minus 145. Money line will be locked. The Kings can't stop letting in goals. I have Jonathan Quick starting in fantasy, which means that he will get lit up tonight. And we will make sure that the Leafs get back on a winning record. Now, the moment you guys have all been waiting for, we have spent the last month compiling a top six list of NHL teams with the best heart. Now, you guys are wondering, what is heart? What is heart, boys? Heart is your will to win, even though Connor, McD- Connor Bedard is in the draft lottery. That's what heart is. What is heart? Heart to me is uh, when you got players throwing up at practice for your team. So uh, I think you know who's going to be on the top of my list. Heart is first one in, last one out mentality. And it's what this podcast has, and it's what this list has. So we're going to start at number six. I'm going to give you the team that I thought has the sixth best heart in the league, the Montreal Canadiens. What are your thoughts on that, boys? I like that heart, even though I hate the Montreal Canadiens more than anything in my life. Growing up, the least fan, it's just that hatred inside, but they do got a lot of heart. You know, I think that's shown back in their cup run. You know, they got Carey Price out there. They're all playing for Carey. They want to get back healthy. want Carey to get healthy. I think they do got a lot of heart. I do like that at number six. I hate to say this as a massive Maple Leaf fan uh, growing up in Toronto, but they, they do got a lot of heart. I think St. Louis putting that team in the right direction. Um, I think they got a very bright future, a great young core. 
We'll see what they do with it this year, but um, that's a good pick for, for number six at heart. That just makes you think on who's next at number five of the Ottawa Senators, the pesky sense. Number five heart overall in the league. Every time I bet against them, they always find a way to win. They always, I always see them coming back, covering the spread. Descents. What do you guys think of them? Again, as a Leaf fan, like uh, you're, you're just picking teams I hate. That's that's probably second on my list away from Boston. But um, you know what? They're a pesky team. They did a great job this offseason. I think uh, I think moving forward, I like them to win a decent amount of games. Maybe even sneak into the playoffs as a wild card. That's a, that's a team with a lot of heart. That is a lot of heart. A lot of heart. They got a lot of heart. You know, they got Brady Chuck as their captain. I think he's the definition of heart in the NHL. Dog. Absolute dirty dog. What do you guys think about Timmy? Timmy Stew, certified dog. Jimmy, Jimmy, dog. All right. Next on the list. You guys ready for it? This is now within the top five. This is number four on heart. This is my New York Islanders. What do you guys think of that? New York Islanders heart, the team. That is just, they just always seem to be in the conversation. Barry Trotz leaves, they're still winning. I think you got heart. When you got Sleepy Lou assembling a team up there, you know, firing Barry Trotz for no reason. I think they do got a lot of heart. They don't, they never had talent when they, when they went on that cup run not too long ago. They show heart. I, I love the Islanders. You know, they're just one of those teams that you don't know why they're winning, they're winning hockey games, but they somehow pull it out. See, I was thinking of another team over there on the uh, on the Eastern Seaboard. Um, I like them out of New York, New Jersey, the the New Jersey Devils. But uh, that's who I thought you were going to take there. But we were on the Islanders. I'm, I'm I'm fading the hard pick on that one. If we had odds on it, so we're moving on. Uh, I actually disagree with you. I think the Islanders have so much heart. <laughs> I I always pick the Islanders. They never seem to disappoint. They're always undervalued in the betting market, and heart should be considered in the betting market but next we are moving on to our number three pick and you are going to be really happy with this pick it is the edmonton oilers with heart what they did last playoffs with dry style mcdavid especially dry style playing with one leg that just shows heart and that just makes me want to run through a wall when i see players like that i think between the pipes they got a guy with the most heart in the league um, Jack Campbell, I wanted him to stay in Toronto. Unfortunately, uh, the money wasn't there for him to stay. Um, that guy was crying after playoff losses. That guy's walking his cats. I don't see anyone in the league with more heart than that guy. Soup is a certified dog. There's nothing more happy than when I saw Soup make a big play, save in the playoffs. You know, that guy, I hope, hope all the well for him, but you can't have more heart than the goalie. That's where it all starts in the back end, being a goalie in hockey. That's where the heart starts from when Jack Campbell leads that team. All right, number two on our list, getting the silver medal. This is more for recency rather than a season-to-season basis. This team has stolen a lot of money from me. It is the Chicago Blackhawks, number two on the heart scale. They just can't seem to lose. They've been on – they just lost to Edmonton, but they just came from a four-game winning streak being over plus 200 dogs in almost every game. If that doesn't scream hard, I don't know what does. What are your thoughts, boys? It's just massive heart over there. You know, that Kyle Davidson, the new GM, is doing everything in possibility can to get Connor Bedard. You know what that team says? They have too much heart. They do not want to lose hockey games. They don't care about Connor Bedard. They want to show heart, and they're doing it right now. That's an unreal pick, too. 
Yeah, we got a, a close buddy of ours who's a big Blackhawks fan. He would he would put them at the top of this list. I'm honestly surprised he put them up at two. Um, I'm gonna have to fade that. Put them out of my top six. It <laughs> <laughs> is not agreeing with my pick. No, I'm just I'm just not taking them here. I'm uh, I'm surprised you left the Devils out of this one because uh, I love them on a hard list this year. Well, you don't know what my number one pick is. I think the I know. Consensus number one pick. It is not the New Jersey Devils. It is John Tortorella and the Philadelphia Flyers. If the Blackhawks have been stealing money from my bank account, you guys wouldn't be able to imagine what the Flyers have been doing in my bank account. I came into the season saying fade the Flyers, and I'm still saying fade the Flyers, but the amount of heart they have is admirable. I absolutely love this pick. He's got his guys throwing up at practice. They're working hard. I don't know if they love them. I don't know if players love that anymore. But you know what? They're they're making puck lines. They're a good team. I really like them. They're always they're dogs in a lot of games still, despite their record. Um, I think they are a heartfelt team. I'm gonna keep riding them for the rest of the year. All right. Well, that is the top six. And with just to finish our podcast, we have the one team of the week just to watch. What are you guys excited for? What teams do you guys want to watch this week other than your own? I'm excited. You know, what? I'm excited to see the, the Jets and the uh, the Patriots. I want to I want to see Bailey Zappi take the reins from Mac Jones again. I think that's a good game for an individual game. No, it's not exciting, but I want to see Bailey Zappi take those reins and show that Mac Jones is the fraud and Bailey Zappi is a dude in New England. One I'm fired up for tonight. One I took the Kentucky Wildcats on over at Neyland Stadium tonight in Knoxville, Tennessee. I'm very excited to see what Tennessee can do here. See if they can keep their record. If they win, that's going to be a massive game. Probably the biggest game for Tennessee football, obviously, since the Alabama game. Maybe 20 years, since 1998. So I am uh, fired up for this one. How about you, Josh? And uh, lastly, it's the Battle of the Alberta boys. I'm watching on three screens tonight. I'm getting sweaty after every girl. After every goal, a piece of clothing is coming off. So if the over hits, I might run out of clothes to take off. It's going to get sweaty. Meatball subs will be consumed. I, I'm not going out tonight. I am watching this game, and I will hopefully win on my Edmonton bet. And uh, I was actually informed we do have the two-minute warning. It is actually very special to our episode because we will be doing this every week. And uh, Adam, take the floor. All right, so every week we're going to do something called the two-minute warning. I'm going to be giving off a bunch of just random props that RG and uh, Josh have never heard about. Uh, it's rapid fire, no prep, and we're going to set a one-minute timer. They're both going to answer. We're going to see how they do at the end of the week. So I'll start with RG, then Josh will answer right after him, and I'll set one minute in the timer, so be quick. Um, total made field goals in Broncos versus Jags over three and a half. Over. Over. 100% over. Total team sacks for Cowboys against the Bears over two and a half. Over. Over. 100%. Raheem Mozart, longest rush, over 15 and a half yards. Under. Under. Zach Wilson interceptions over or under 0.5? Under. Over. Does Bailey Zappi see the field Sunday as a starter? Yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah, I, I, well, yeah, he does. Definitely. Over, under 49 points in the Vikings-Cardinals game. Over. Over. Team to score the first field goal in the Steelers and Eagles game. Steelers. I'm taking the Philadelphia Eagles. Hunter Renfro over or under 4.5 receptions against the Saints. Under, he's a bum. Under, the Raiders are an absolute joke. Marcus Mariota, over, under, 33 and a half rushing yards against the Panthers. Over. Absolute over. 
And the last to complete it, Stafford over under 22.5 passing completions against the 49ers. Under, over, like the Rams this week. Let's go 49ers. All right, and that concludes the two-minute warning. We'll see how they do next week. Inaugural episode. Thanks for tuning in. Have a good Halloween, guys. Don't drink too much. And remember, don't lose until you quit. Peace, y'all. Peace, y'all.